Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York. And Boca Raton, Florida. It's the Freight 360 Podcast. From freight broker sales tips to sports talk, this podcast is all about helping you grow as a freight broker. We're your hosts, Nate Cross. And Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. Welcome back to episode 138 of the Freight 360 Podcast. It's a great time of year because um, in Buffalo, we call this the go home mother nature, you're drunk time of year because it was 82 degrees in Western New York the other day and we got two inches of snow last night. So snowing outside. Can you believe that man? End of April and it's snowing here. No. I can because I've lived here for like my whole life. So no snow in uh, yeah, you know what? today, is there? There is not. And I was talking with some friends in Pittsburgh and they had said they had, I think there were three sunny days in all of March um, they were talking about. And they were naming, uh, I think it was the top five gloomier cities in the country. It was Seattle, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Chicago. And I can't remember the fifth. Yeah, one. we, I think Buffalo definitely is up there in the winter months. We lack that, uh, is it vitamin D that you get from the sun? Yeah. It is. So, I don't know. But, hey, spring is, I mean, well, it's technically here, but summer's around the corner. But, yeah, we got the NFL draft coming up this weekend. If you're listening on Friday, you are, the results of the first picks already came in last night. We record earlier in the week. So, um, before we get into sports, welcome back. Glad to have you. Share us with your friends. We're growing. Um, I should say, too, uh, if anybody is in our Facebook group and wants to be a moderator, let us know. Um, but the rules for being a moderator, to be clear, you cannot promote yourself or your own. You can't be selling something that you uh, that you have yourself and no uh, crap talking us or anything like that. So we, we ran into one of those issues recently with a moderator. So, But it's a big community well, now. I, you know, I mean. 30-some thousand. It it is, and you know, I'd further clarify. I think it was like thirty six thousand people we have in our Facebook group now, and like, I don't necessarily think that we have any issues with somebody promoting what they do, but if it is competing with what we do, like selling brokerage and training classes, you know, obviously, <laughs> that's a conflict of interest. But you know, we have plenty of people that reach out to us on a weekly basis that you know want to get into the industry, want to get involved. This is a great way. I mean, we're looking for somebody to moderate our group get people in, make sure they get rid of like spam you get, posts. You I mean, multiple moderators in there. It's a big group now. So it is. Yep. Well, and it's a great place to meet people. Is, Connect, network. A lot of a lot of people will have like time sensitive posts, right? So they'll have like um, they want to find a load quickly as a driver or they are looking for a carrier quickly to cover as a broker. And um, we need moderators because Facebook's admin assist um, if you try to automate it and manually approve certain things, um, people's posts don't get in there right away. And we had like, at one point, we had like 300 some people waiting to get a post up there. And uh, it's just not, you know, time's money. So, but yeah. That it is. So, hey, if anyone out there is interested, wants to get involved in the industry, wants to meet people, wants to network, it's a great way that you can do that, you know, a few hours a week and would appreciate the help and we'll help you in whatever way we can. Yep. All right, so today's episode is going to be on the market changing and, you know, what, some things to think about and consider, but I want to, I did want to do our, our sports recap. Here's your top 10 
teams in the draft order. So first 10 picks. Um, round one, you've got Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, Jets, Giants, two New York teams in a row. Tells you how quality how quality they were last year. Uh, Panthers, Giants again. They must have traded, obviously, for that one. Falcons, Seahawks through a trade, and the Jets through a trade. So actually, the the Jets and the Giants both have two top ten picks. Bills are down there at twenty uh, fifth overall pick. Steelers at the twentieth overall pick. Kansas City's got two late in the first round. Interesting. So the Rams must have, yeah, obviously the Rams traded theirs because they would have been 32, and they're not. They traded it to Detroit. That was probably part of the Stafford thing, if I'm going to guess correctly. But they got a Super Bowl ring out of it, so there you go. There's your, uh, and who cares? Because if you're listening to this and it's already released, this has already happened. You already know. You already know what happened in the first round. But anyway, that general order will continue throughout the weekend for all, I think it's seven rounds. Um... Yeah. As far as uh, Bills, you know, key players are already there. It's going to be beefing up, you know, plugging some holes on the line. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see what they do. Um, Anything PGA-wise? No, honestly. I don't even know if there – I'm sure there probably was a tournament last week. But it wasn't a big one. No. Yeah, not one that I noticed anyway. Oh, so we did talk about that, um, that like experimental spring football league. So they're like, oh yeah, they're like two weeks in, and they have like terrible ratings. Go figure. Like, I don't yeah. think that anybody's ever going to truly compete against the NFL. You know what I mean? That'd be like if you created a no. like a winter baseball league. Like baseball ends in the fall, and what are you going to start up in a secondary league? For the guys that weren't good enough, um, it's like if you did hockey, like a summer hockey league. I don't know. I just find it a hard sell to make any other league other than like the the preeminent ones. Yeah. In any way, like I mean, the, the fun thing about going to farm league baseball games is that just like it's like an event and it's fun to just do, but it's not like you're going there to like watch watch baseball. Yeah, you go there to have a few beers, eat some hot dogs, and take your family out for a cheaper evening than going to an MLB game. So the way that I, I mean, see it, because like you said, farm league baseball, right? It's a hey, these are you know, it's a you get to go watch baseball, um, and if you are super super into it, yeah, you might be able to go see some guys that may make it up to, you know, major leagues, or maybe you've got a major league player who got injured and they're gonna they're gonna go back to the farm system to to do some recovery. Um, so I, I get the, in, like the idea that they're like, Oh, let's create like a farm, a farm league for football where these guys that aren't quite that good can play in. Well, that's college football, right? Yeah. It's kind of what it is. Cause mm-hmm. these guys come out of college. Whereas like baseball, a lot of these guys, when they get drafted, they're not going to see the major leagues for years, right? They've got to really, really, really go through that farm system to get a starting spot on a roster. So, that's my take on it. Okay. Well, let's get a, a shout-out to our friends over at DAT, and then we'll get into today's topic. 
taking the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT load board network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with an available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new business partners, and you can quickly qualify and onboard new carriers. With the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Check out the show notes for a free month of DAT Power, Express, or Trucker's Edge. All right, so changing market. We've all seen it. Um, a lot of people were wondering, like, when is it When is it gonna shift, right? Because we, we thought in 2020 that it was like, you know, just like we thought the pandemic, we were gonna, hey, we're gonna lock down for, you know, a month or so and Two it's weeks. gonna flatten the curve. A month. And then and then we get to the end of twenty twenty and you know, things start to look a little better and we ring in the new year of twenty twenty one and it was still, you know, the same you know, we're still on the same thing. And then we get to later in twenty twenty one. It got to the point where everyone's like, is this the new normal? Like whether it's the pandemic or it's the freight market, everyone's like, are we ever gonna catch up? Is can is demand ever gonna be at, at a place with capacity and the amount of drivers and, and motor carriers out there that we can have a, a smooth supply chain that's not crazy. Um, but we have finally, after what, two years, we have finally seen the tides turn. Um, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, right? Obviously, the, the price of transportation goes down, you can see things, you can see positives and you can see where it's negative for some, right? So positive, um, that will reflect a lot in your the price you pay um, when you buy something, right? But again, we're talking macro level, the entire country. We're not talking specific lanes, specific commodities. Now, where is that bad? Well, if you if carriers are making less, it's less enticing for someone to want to drive a truck, right? Also true. So there's a, there's kind of a balance there. So we don't want to see rot. We don't want to see rates hit rock bottom. We want to see a healthy level, and they are still on a national average higher than where they were two years ago. But they have come back to reality um, on a again domestically big picture macro level, not everywhere. Some have taken a big hit, but overall they're coming back down. And, and the reality is, is one, let's define what we're talking about, right? The shift in the market. The shift that we're talking about is it's costing less to book a truck yes. right now than it did a day ago, a week ago, going all the way back to about the beginning of the year was when the decline started to start to happen, right? Yep. And some of that was held off a bit because of Omicron and people just being sick and there being a labor shortage. Even when the rates were coming down, there weren't enough people in the labor market for this to play itself out. Meaning that like, even though rates could have come down faster, there were still a lot of people just not going to work because they were sick. So, you know, you start to see this shift. And one is that's part of a healthy market. A healthy market, any market is one where there is free trade, right? Unrestricted. So you're going to see it grow and shrink, right? Part of the industry is it needs to shrink. Otherwise, like, again, you end up in a scenario where you have just inflation, where everything's just moving in one direction. And again, we don't need to get into the economics of why this is occurring and all that. The reality is, is that one, you are seeing less loads in the market and you're seeing an increase in capacity because less, more people are driving, less people are sick. Yep. So you've got more trucks and you've got less loads, which means 
supply and demand, the trucks are becoming cheaper to book at a pretty alarming rate. Like I'm gonna pull up this graph. I've got from, the uh, I've got this, the 12 month stats here. I can go through equipment type if you want. So let me yeah, give you run that. them off. I mean, I let me give you. Here's here you go. Van. This is on a national level. We'll talk broker to care broker to care spot. One year ago, about 260 a mile. Now. 280 a mile, so still higher, but it peaked at over $3, okay? Flatbed, flatbed was at just under three bucks a mile last year, peaked up towards 350 and is now coming back down towards 340. So that flatbed is, we've seen the least change on. It's been more of a van and reefer. Reefer was just under three bucks a mile last year and still over, it's about 315 right now, but it was up towards 360 few months ago. So we talked about the last couple of weeks, Van and Reefer have had the the most rebound thus far, flatbed not so much. What did you have on your stats there? So, and what I was gonna talk through a little bit was Michael Vincent over at Freight Waves. And one of the things that he had been posting, and, and there were graphs showing exactly what you just kind of walked through, but what they're also showing them is against what they call the tender rejection rate. The tender rejection rate is just out of any given, we'll say 100 loads that a shipper has, right? Of those 100 loads that are booked with carriers, how many of those loads are given back by their carrier? They are rejected. They had the load, they had gone through the bid process, they had committed that they were gonna take these loads for that rate, we'll say for whatever period of time, a year, and when they went, that day came where they were gonna go move that load or choose to take a load from the spot rate, right? The spot market they decided they were gonna go take one from the spot market, which means they rejected that one load, right? So the higher that percentage, the more loads a shipper has that were originally contracted to a carrier on an ongoing basis that now need to be covered in the spot market, meaning in the next 24 hours or in the next 36 hours or within the next week, right? Whatever that shorter time frame is, now they've gotta to go to the open market and book a load, right? That's the tender rejection rate. So what you see is, as rates start to fall in the spot market, the tender rejection rate that hit a historic high, I think of like 33% is right around where it hung through most of the pandemic. That's insane. When loads, when when you can't get, it's opportunity cost, right? Like if I have contracted for a load at $2.40 a mile, but I can go to the spot market today and get paid $3 a mile, I don't have any incentive to follow through with the commitment I made on that bid eight months ago, a year ago, yesterday. Doesn't matter. Like, if I can go make more money today by just calling up any broker on the spot board and get paid more, I'm not gonna take that load from the shipper that I agreed to. And that's why you see when the spot market exceeds the contract market, that the tender rejection rate goes up because if I could just go into the day labor market and get paid more than my employer was, why would I go to work at my employer? I'm making more money on a daily basis going into the job market and seeing what anybody's willing to pay me today, That's, right? And it's interesting you say that. It's almost like we, you know, we saw the great resignation. Um, people were jumping from company to company every four, five, six months over the last couple of years because they were gonna get offered a sign-on bonus or this higher pay. And then they get there and they quickly realize, you know, maybe the grass isn't greener on this side. It's a little bit different in employment versus, you know, carrier capacity. But um, 
opportunity costs. That's what it comes down to. Hey, if I stay at this job, you know, for another 20 years, I might be giving up the opportunity to go, you know, make more money over here or get this awesome job or position that I've been wanting, right? That's that's kind of what it comes down to. But, um, you know, it was kind of a phenomenon that we haven't seen in the labor market for a very, very long time. Um, and that's also correlated over to the carrier side with capacity as well. So, so what does that and mean? And more for? importantly, or what else? Yeah, what else? Yeah, and I, wanna, side? And I wanna talk about what does it mean? Let's go. Let's go through this a little bit more. So what you have is, right, the contract market, right, pre-pandemic is where the majority of the freight is booked. Like if a company knows shipments are on their schedule, they have sales they've already made, they need to deliver these products, they typically go to the asset market when they know what they've got to ship because again, it's more predictable, they know the asset companies can plan for it and that's a good fit for that type of transportation company. What happened was once rates in the spot market started to rise, meaning people needed product faster, companies had a harder time getting inventory, which means now they need to ship things in a, in a shorter time frame, right? What that does is it drives up rates in the spot market. Again, because companies were finding out unexpectedly through the pandemic, because nobody knew what to expect, that they needed things and a lot more of them shipped a lot faster than they had planned for. So again, what does that load planner do? That means they're calling their broker and they're saying, hey, I got five loads that need to go out today. We just find out about, hey, I've got another 10 loads tomorrow. More moves shift from asset companies to the spot market. Those rates are going up, right? Because the shippers need to get that stuff yeah, out. Yeah, that's your demand. Customers right are like, yeah, the demand, us, all of us in this country that needed things are like, look, we need this, we need this, we need this. And they're paying more and more to get it there. It's driving up spot rates, right? So what happens is more and more of those contract loads end up in the spot market. Why? Go back to the carriers. The carriers look at the load boards every day. They bid and they planned to take all these loads for whatever shipper they agreed to that year, right? But the reality was as, as spot market rates went up, the carriers started rejecting more loads. They see they the went, dangling the carrot hell? over there on the load boards, yep. Yes. This one's unintentionally. Yeah. I'm gonna get $3.50, a mile, $5 a mile if I really hold out and I've agreed to $2.20 a mile, I can have rocks in my head if I'm gonna go pick this load up for what I agreed to, right? And again, in our industry, if you don't pick up a load, the only penalty is really the customer might not work with you again. But in a market, where everybody needs what they can't get, which is a carrier at that time, that's still pushing upward pressure on the spot rates. So less and less carriers were even willing to go into a bid at all. One, because they don't know where the rates are going, and two, it's still more advantageous to go pick a load up today than to agree to some you know, bid on a long-term basis. So you have this migration of loads from the spot, from the carrier contract market into the spot market, which is really what's been happening over the past two or three years, is just tons of loads hitting the spot market because shippers haven't been able to contract with carriers, right? So let's talk about what does this mean for us? Now, we, we talked about how a lot of carriers right now are wanting to contract, right? They want to get away from that spot market because the, bo and why? the bottom's falling out, right? Exactly. 
it's an elevator, it's in a free fall, right? They're like, oh, I was $2.35 yesterday, it's $2.30 today, it was $2.50 last week, it's going down and down and down every day. So the carriers are like, wait a minute, before it goes any lower, we better jump on and call some of these shippers we know and just lock it in before it falls any lower, right? Yep. The shippers though, on the other hand, are like, well, we're so scared that rates are gonna go up again that we wanna take what we can get while we can get it. So now you're seeing the opposite where there's spot also another carriers. there's another thought in their head too, right? There's well, we want to take advantage of the low rates while we can get them, but at the same time they're also like, well, one out of every 3 loads was getting sent back to me the last couple of years. So why am I mm-hmm. going to trust this contract now, especially when rates are lower not under the contract side of it. So it's kind of a it's kind of a yeah. two-headed spear there. Absolutely, and that's the other side of that risk, right? Like every, because there's there's really no repercussions to contracts in our industry. Like there's not like a penalty. You're not going to get sued if you don't pick the loads up that you said you were going to in the bid. Like you just lose the relationship. Yep. So again, these markets flow a lot more freely than other markets where you see like heavy contracts that have penalties. So again, like it's a good thing that the market shifts because it keeps things at an equilibrium. And again, it prevents things that you were mentioning earlier, inflation, like ridiculous transportation costs that gets rolled into our goods that eventually we can't pay for because they become too expensive, right? So, and I mean, if you look at, there's kind of been an inverse relationship in spot rates the last two two months and fuel rates the last two months. So, and it's, you know, had had spot rates continued to climb and fuel continues to climb, that's double trouble right there. So at least we're seeing one go down while the other goes up. Um, overall, the fuel is, a, is the smaller portion of that cost altogether. So that's it's still beneficial. Now I want to talk about you know what does it mean for for you in the freight brokerage position. So I talked to a guy on let's see Monday, so of this week. He, I want to say about six to nine months ago, he had, I think there was one main carrier that he was using for two lanes a week. And he ended up having to go to the spot market about six to nine months ago for those lanes to cover them because his carrier stopped being there for him. Basically said, I love working with you, but I like I can't just pass up this freight that's paying almost twice as much out there in the free market right now. Like it's. I know we've been doing this and they're, you know, they're good lanes, they get me where I wanna go, but for a season, Money's I'm gonna money. go out there and hustle and make a lot of money. But now, mm-hmm. things that, you know, the the terrible, the tables have turned here, this is when you can re-engage those conversations. If you're that broker, or if you're that, uh, you know, carrier sales rep, that your go-to carriers all of a sudden ghosted you in the last year or whatnot because the spot market went absolutely bonkers. Don't forget who those people were, right? Chances are they probably still want to go in the same direction that they were before. They're probably still sleeping on the weekends or when they do their reset time at the same location or their trucks going to the same terminal or whatever the case might be. This is a great time to take advantage of that and try to re-engage those conversations. And remember, consistency is another thing that carriers look for outside of just what is it gonna pay, right? Hey, if I can do this every single week, or I can do two of these every single week, right? They don't have to worry about what am I do, where am I going three days from now? So think about that stuff. Absolutely, and some other things, you know, actionable things that you're likely seeing in your book, right? So again, you're probably seeing your lanes blow up a lot more. 
meaning your phones. You're getting a lot more phone calls on the posts you have, right? Which is a great thing. And as soon as this transition happens, this flip in the market, usually that's the first thing you see. You go from getting a couple calls trickling in on a post to like 20, 30, 40, right? Everything seems easy to cover. But also, very quickly after that, your shipper starts to realize the same things, right? Because again, they're gonna have their carriers that did exactly what you just said to you guys as brokers. The ones that were shipping for you guys regularly also ship for shippers regularly too. Now they're calling them back and going, hey, you know those lanes I ran for you in like 19 and 18 and 17? you know, would like to get back on the board with those. You still need some help with those. And they're willing to take them for a predictable rate. So what you'll see very quickly after your loads become easy to cover is the quantity of loads being offered to you from your customers usually starts to diminish a little bit. It starts to shrink. Because again, the carriers are going directly back to the shippers and saying, hey, I know I've left you high and dry, but here I'm back, all's forgiven. What can we do to make this better, right? Yep. So we talked about this, um, I wanna say when we had Ken Adamo on in 2020. And we've talked about it all throughout last year as well. So uh, in the market that we are just coming out of, you can get any customer on the phone because they're all having issues for the most part, right? The hard part was how to secure a truck. And now as we shift back, and now it may be easier to secure a truck, but now you've got to turn up the notch on your customer relationship and how to build those relationships, right? How to build rapport, be reliable, and not just be, oh, I can get you a cheap truck, because it's always just more, it's always more than that. But this is a time to really leverage your, like as the price shifts downward in the spot market, use this time before it's at its new normal level, communicate with your customers, educate them on what's happening in the market, do something that the average broker's not doing for them, right? Give them that kind of insight on the macro level that they're not getting from, you know, John Doe over at TQL or CH Robinson, right? You want, you want to use every possible opportunity to build rapport. And at the same time, right, the carriers that you've built relationships with in the last couple of years as well, don't forget about them, right? Sometimes you yep. gotta pay a carrier a little bit of extra money, right? And show them how much you appreciate them being the one that's gonna be there to take care of your customer for you. So, cause you see a lot of brokers where their their, proce- their thought process is, man, I can't wait for the market to flip. I'm gonna screw carriers left and right now that you know the ball's in my court. Well, don't forget, at some point, probably a year to two years from now, there'll be another shift, cause it always happens, it's cyclical, and you're gonna need to rely on those carrier relationships a lot more as well, you know. Once again, so never forget. Well, that's what I think. Everybody with respect, because and and that's the thing that like as humans we're not very good at, right? We think that when the market shifts, everything else is going to stay the same except that one variable, the carriers, right? The reality is, is when the market shifts, all of it shifts. The demand, the amount, the quantity, how the shippers act, what's happening in the environment, all of it does. So yeah, in a perfect world, if your shipper had the same problems and it was easier to book a carrier, yes, you would be able to execute that strategy of, I'm just gonna beat carriers up and keep all the money. The reality is, is that same thing is happening to the shippers. It's getting easier for them the same way it's getting easier for you, right? And I remember one of my boss had said that to me the first time I said that out loud. I was in a super tight market when I started and I'm like, oh my Lord, this job would be so easy. I can't wait for the market to flip. And I'll never forget, he just kind of chuckled and went, careful what you ask for. You know, later, you know, a couple years later, I saw the other side of it and a drastic example when they had the ELDs and you're like, 
oh, now I get what you mean, right? Like, because we don't just get one aspect to get better. All of it changes, all of the context and everything around you, right? So again, actionable stuff. What does that mean for you as a broker and how do you take advantage of this, right? One, right now, this is one of the few times where the market shifts. There's a brief period of time of weeks, sometimes if you're lucky, a month, a little more than a month where the spot market remains cheaper than the contract market, which is where we're at right now, which means you know, every time you've ever taken a quote back to any prospect or any customer, and they've always told you you're too high, this is the one time in the market where they are actually paying more for their contracted freight than what it would cost you and maybe your margin to get a truck in the spot market. Yep. So you actually have a discount to your advantage right now. Yeah, and you know, this is one of those times when if you use this four to six, whatever it could be, because it's actually, it's been, I think it's been about six weeks where th that's been the case. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't know that the rates have kind of come back any closer to each other. So it, it might be a little bit of longer of a period this time. Um, but this is when you can use that opportunity when you can get your customer, not just good service, but you can also give them a really, really competitive price compared to what they're used to paying on the contract side. Use this as an opportunity to really build their trust and gain their confidence, okay? Um, some of you will never succeed at doing that and that's, you know, it just is what it is. We're not all cut out to be in the freight brokerage world. There has been a lot of folks that have, have joined into it the last couple of years. Um, but those of you that really wanna go the extra mile, give your customer some insight. Hey, here's the deal. Here's why I'm able to offer you more competitive prices right now. And keep in mind, I won't always be the cheapest, but I'm, I'm able to be cheaper than your go-to option right now. But again, it's not gonna happen forever, but I'm also not gonna hide that from you. I'm gonna still give you a very, very fair price here. Um, and that'll give you a lot of credibility. And, and again, we're to, talking to on national points. averages. There's probably someone out there listening being like, well, that's not happening in this lane. And that's, you yeah. know, you're right. We're talking national averages here. So. so to two points, one, the strategies that most of the bigger brokerages use. And again, like we're in an, <laughs> We're in an atypical scenario, right? This hasn't happened for over two years. Normally this happens every year, right? So most brokerages are used to expecting, predicting the, the flip in the market, the change. It usually happens with produce every year. It happens with the peaks, like, and it happens through the holidays. Like there are certain things that just cyclically happen every year that this is a normal occurrence. We have not seen this for a few years, which makes it more impactful or just seem like it's just out of the ordinary, but normally it isn't, right? It's what definitely the big been, companies it's been, it's been over two years, that's for sure. Yeah. And we saw an and entire the big, market cycle in about, yeah. like, I don't know, the, the beginning of the pandemic, we saw the entire thing shift and then shift back. So. Yes, and like a matter of like 60 days. Yeah. So the, the actionable thing that I think you can take away from all this is what the bigger companies preach to their brokers is when this market flips, you move from trying to maximize your margin on a per load basis to maximizing your load count volume, right? In fact, they'll even go so far as that like when you're sitting down with your manager, they're not even evaluating your margin percentage right now. They just care how many loads can you get booked with every one of your prospects and customers? And why is that? They do that because again, it's a strategy. Get yourself in while you have an advantage. The advantage is you've got cheaper access to trucks in the spot market. 
Use that to your advantage. Dig your feet in as far as you can with every one of the companies you're working with or talking to. Why? So that you can show every one of them that you excel in everything that Nate just pointed out. You've got better service, better communication. Your trucks are on time. When things go wrong, you stand up for it. You give bad news early. You give it often when it's necessary, right? You do all the things that you know stand apart so that again, when the inevitable happens, what we're gonna talk about in a second, when the market shifts back, you have used this as an opportunity to ingrain and really just build yourself into this organization to where like they see this, they understand the value because when it ships and the spot market goes back up and they start needing help, then we shift back to some higher margin spot loads while keeping this in place. Yeah, it's not super high margin freight, maybe it's nine, 10%. But again, it's giving you the opportunity to build a lasting relationship that is gonna make you a lot more money as soon as the market comes around this other turn. Yep, and one thing I wanna add on here before um, we, we move on to the next part here is, a lot of the things you just said on things to do, it doesn't matter if the market's changing or what time of the year it is, there are just fundamental practices that you should be incorporating into your day-by-day job in the freight brokerage world, and that is be a good communicator, be honest, be transparent, treat your customers and carriers both with respect and like your job depends on it because it does. Um, when problems arise, stand behind your customer if you know your customer's right. Stand behind your carrier if you know that they are right and they're not in the wrong. Give that bad news as early as you know it and give those updates as often as you possibly can because it's gonna save you trouble and headaches down the road. Um, whether it's a soft market or whether the capacity is tight or capacity is loose, whatever, you should still be making all your prospecting calls every single week, right? That should not change. It's just the approach of that call and the conversations you'll be having are gonna be different, but still block out that time for prospecting, right? Every time you talk to a carrier, whether or not they take a load, get some more information out of that carrier. Hey, where do you normally have trucks available? What kind of equipment do you have? Where do your drivers like to go, et cetera? Yep. Doesn't matter what the market's 100%. doing; those fundamentals will always remain the same. So, um, what else? Hey, is speaking of which, fluctuation before we hop into yeah, the Q&A here, you were asking about when they when this is going to shift. And actually, there was a post from Michael Vincent at Freightwaves that it's really close to doing it as of today. Okay. It didn't necessarily cross, but. Rejections and contract loads have continued a rapid descent, putting more pressure on truckload rates. He said he'd pointed out previously that the impending collision of spot rates and contract rates was narrowly avoided. So it came close, but it hasn't, and that's what they're talking about, right? Okay. When you look at a graph, the contract rates and where the spot rates are. Spots are going down, contracts going up, and where they're actually gonna meet. But it's inevitable at some point, because again, the risk and the economics don't make sense. It should not be cheaper to do something today than if I planned for it three days ago or a week ago, right? Think about if you were that buying an, an airline anomaly. ticket, right? Yes. Should it be cheaper if I wanted to buy a round trip airfare to Hawaii today or tomorrow versus, oh, I bought it three months ago, right? It should be more expensive today. Yep. But yeah, that's the, well, that's how it was when COVID first started, remember? Airline prices all of a sudden dropped because, you know, People weren't flying, yeah. but that's kind of that rare entity right there. So 
Good stuff. All right, I'm going to give a shout out to our friends over at Lean Solutions Group. It's Q2, and our focus this quarter is on the labor shortage. We're going to do an episode with Lean um, in the next couple of months here. Uh, but make sure if you have staffing needs, whether that's back office employees, operations folks, account managers, maybe you need some marketing help, maybe you need some tech support folks, like anything, anything in that realm, check out Lean Solutions Group. They've got the marketing the tech side, the sales side, and the staffing side. So leangroup.com, that's your link to go to. There's always a link in the show notes or in the affiliate section of our website. So we got two questions today. Um, first one, one of our listeners wrote into us and asked about insurance. They said, what insurance do I need as a broker if a driver hauling one of my loads gets into an accident that they are at fault for and injures another driver? So um broker gives a load to a carrier carrier gets in an accident and someone's injured um, it doesn't doesn't change the insurance that you need so um, the motor carrier is required to have a certain set of insurance or, or a certain set of insurance coverages to protect incidents like that right they have cargo insurance to cover their cargo they have uh, liability insurance to cover accidents and injuries, right? As a broker, you don't have possession of that freight. You can't control what that driver does. They're not employed by you. They're contracted. It's very legally uh, separated. And for that reason, you don't have a policy that would cover that driver getting in an accident, nor do you want to have to cover yourself for something that you don't have control over, right? Simple as yeah. that. Yeah, or can you, by the way, like literally, literally aren't able to insure for that. Exactly. Um, that was kind of the big thing with, remember with like Uber and Lyft a couple of years ago, they were like, well, what in, you know, who's gonna get sued if someone gets hurt in an accident when they're riding in a, an Uber or a Lyft? And it's like, Uber's like, well, we're not the one driving it, so why should we have an insurance policy that pays for the rider? You know, it's like, so it's, it, it's a lot more straightforward in transportation. I was in a I was in a car accident in an Uber, and it did play out that way. Like it literally went on to the driver's insurance, and then Uber's umbrella policy, very similar to what would so happen. So I think with that's what car. ended up happening with Uber is they ended up having to get some kind of policy for that. Isn't it crazy? Mm-hmm. Uber is like the largest transportation, like the largest personnel transportation company, and they don't own a single car. Wild. Yes, it's crazy. It's impressive. So, all right, um, but hey, broker insurance, we've covered it in a lot of our other stuff. Um, you don't need liability, but a lot of folks will have general liability. You can have contingent cargo, contingent auto, workers comp. I mean, you can to be honest, all, most of your business, you know, you can get all kinds yeah, of Yeah, and to be honest, most, most brokerages have both because, not because they're required to, but because the shippers require Customer it. Your customers it, yeah. are gonna ask and require it, so. All right, our uh, second question. We only have two today. Um, this came from our Facebook group, and it was, this is great. It kind of goes in line with what we just talked about with the market shifting. So, Carrier wrote in our group, "Why like they saw they they basically saw um, a load posted from a broker on the load boards with a price like a you know pay uh, or like a either a book it now price or just a rate listed and said, why would another carrier?" book this load at a cheaper rate than that broker had it posted for. So I think the broker had it posted for 900 and the 
you know, they went to call in to book it for 900 and the broker's like, oh, someone else just took it for 800. And they're like, well, why would they take it for less than it was posted for? Well, as the, as we just saw with the supply demand right now, the, because the amount of carriers and the spot market available to haul the loads that are there, the competition has gone up for carriers, which drives the price down. So a carrier says, well, if that's posted for 900, I don't wanna be one of 10 people calling in on it. I'm gonna call in an offer to take it for $800 because I need to go where that load's taking me or where that load's there you going. Go. I'll take it Direction. for Direction. Yeah, so. ding, ding, ding. What we talk about all the time, it's always Raider Direction. They needed to get there, that load matched up perfectly, and they were willing to take a discount so that they could get there for the next shipment they had planned. Some are close to it, I would assume. Yep, that's it. So there's your uh, there's your market insight and market analysis for uh, late April 2022. Crazy stuff. Here's the thing. I think my biggest takeaway on this is people always ask, you know, which market would you prefer to work in? The reality is, is I don't care which one exists. I just care that they're shifting because when markets shift, they create opportunities, and we're in the middle. So when one side's harder, the other side's easier. When that side's harder, that side's easier. There is no perfect world other than this brief period of time right now where you've got this opportunity. But the reality is, is like, that's why these markets are my favorites to work in because when things shift, the carriers are scrambling to call shippers or they're falling out on brokers. It just creates a lot of opportunity because again, the future is just more uncertain than it was even before, right? Nobody yeah. really knows what they should be doing on a daily basis, which gives you a ton of opportunities with your prospects, your customers, and your carriers. Like you pointed out, reaching out to carriers you haven't worked with since 19 because they were chasing that high dollar in the spot market. Now's a great time to bring them back into the fold. So think about the, there's, there's a certain percentage of uh, very, I would say it's, it's not the majority, it's the, the minority of um, carriers and the same goes with the minority of brokers, that they hate each other, right? There's a certain small percentage of brokers that swear that carriers yeah. are scummy, and the same small percentage of carriers that say brokers are thieves, right? Think about this. Outside of those people who they probably don't understand why they're saying what they're saying, um, when the market shifts and all these things change, that is the reason that a broker can come and add value to both parties, both their shipper and that motor carrier, right? A motor carrier, or I'm sorry, a, a shipper, right? Say you work at a manufacturing plant, you're a logistics coordinator, it's your job to make sure trucks get in here and pick up our shipments. Um, you, if you don't have the market insight to know what's happening around the country, in other areas of the country, other markets, other equipment types, other commodities, if you don't know that, you're gonna have a really hard time trying to figure out why you can't get trucks in there at the price you're asking for. That's where a broker can come and offer you a couple things, right? Some insight and information to educate you, but also they can present you multiple options. So if you if you got three options to the market and they're all higher than what you were expecting to pay, well, chances are you just learned that the market's costing a lot more than you thought it was, right? That's what brokers do. Whereas if you just randomly call a couple of carriers, um, 
they're not gonna all have the same experiences. Brokers bring together a myriad of knowledge and information from all across the market. At least that's what we should be doing. There's some bad eggs out there and there's some bad eggs with carriers out there. There's some bad eggs with shippers out there that are dishonest. I mean, it just, it is what it is, but this is where we add, add true value. Um, there's a lot of carriers out there that have brokerage divisions for this reason. They know there's opportunity. They know they can add value. Hey, maybe we're strong suited for a customer on our asset side. And maybe in other circumstances, our brokerage or our logistics division is gonna be more beneficial to that customer. So there's the uh, Nate Cross's wisdom for the day. Penny for my thought. And there's a lot of good takeaways in there too, right? I mean, they are the, you know, the foundations of success in this industry, right? Doing all of these things on a consistent basis is the recipe for success. It's not easy, but it is simple. It's not necessarily complicated, right? Be ethical, be upfront, do the things other people aren't willing to, and do them over and over again. That's it. Good stuff, good episode. Um, how's uh, What's the latest in the Ukrainian Guardian Angel Fund? Any updates? I know I saw some pictures on Facebook of more deliveries and all that. Yeah, some of your donations. They bought um, some stuff this week. Um, my wife's been talking to just a lot of the refugees on a daily basis. I mean, it's weird to say, but like, I am surprised at kind of how well and just like uplifted their spirits are. And again, like, I'm talking to a very small group just in Poland that we work with, you know, on a daily basis. But I mean, like, they're just finding great ways to keep the kids busy so that they're not worried and thinking about this. I mean, None of the kids have their dads. They literally weren't able to leave. So they're literally just women and children. But I mean, you know, taking them to go play soccer, taking them hiking, just getting them into school and just doing things that I think, honestly, like we kind of take for granted in normal society. But it's just really awesome to see some of those things happening over there. And uh, like you saw, some of the pictures of the kids just smiling, happy, looking like children, being able to enjoy some semblance of their childhood, even though these horrible things are happening, you know just miles up the road. So, I mean, yep. if you haven't donated, all greatly appreciated. It's all going to a great cause, going directly to the refugees in Poland and on the borders. And any helps, you know, gonna go to the right place. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I got a link in the show notes there. Um, I missed it in the news, or the, the sports and news part. Uh, Twitter, man, Elon Musk, his offer, his bid was accepted by Twitter. We might have to get on Twitter, Ben. I don't think, we don't have a Twitter presence. <laughs> We don't, I have two accounts. I just, I've never really been able to get engaged in it. Like I know that lots of people like follow it and watch it. I just, I don't know. It's just never really I go, done it for I me. go to Twitter for my breaking news. Like, cause chances are somebody has tweeted about something before someone's had a chance to write an article. But I mean, you, yes. you get a lot of like blended, uh, you know, you, you, honestly it's like blended misinformation. Like you'll find like, as soon as a, a story's breaking, you get different like conflicting reports on it. You know what I mean? So like a lot of times, yeah. if I, I remember I was sitting in traffic in Hawaii with my wife like four, three or four years ago on our um, honeymoon, and I was like, why you know why are we stuck on this two lane highway in um, Maui? So I went to Twitter and I saw like police come or the whoever EMS tweeted yeah. like there's a rollover accident on this road. Um, you know, what I'm like, well, there you go, right? Got my news from Twitter. It does, it provides a lot of value. Um, I mean, I was watching it, honestly, a lot of it was during the war. I was pulling up Twitter to just see what people were reporting from the ground. I mean, it is definitely useful. I just, 
I don't know. I just don't get that necessarily engaged in social media. It's just kind of not my thing. Fair enough. So, well, who knows? Maybe we'll have a little uh, a Twitter account. Probably not because, I don't know. I'm, I'm like you, man. I, I don't... Uh, Social media, I use it as its as its necessity, and I very very rarely post anything myself on there. Yeah, maybe we can pay someone to just do it for us and <laughs> read a Twitter. We'll pro. tell them what we want to so share. In addition to a moderator for Facebook, if anyone's a pro on Twitter <laughs> and wants to manage a Twitter account, part. we'll give you the content, and you guys can moderate it, run with it, or fly with it, tweet with it. Yeah. All right, any uh, closing thoughts or proverbs here? Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And until next time, with the draft this weekend, let's go Bills. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Check out the show notes for links to anything that we've referenced on this episode. And make sure to visit us online at Freight360.net to see our entire library of episodes, videos, blogs, and more. And make sure to check us out on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily and weekly tips and content. If you'd like your question answered on the show, fill out the contact us form on our site and we'll see you next week.